This is Money Guide with Mary Stirk from Stirk Financial Services. Now, here's Mary Stirk. Welcome to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today's topic is why do lottery winners go broke? I think this is kind of a fascinating topic. A lot of people wonder about that, don't they, Kelsey? They do. I can't wait for this to happen to me and be my problem. (laughs) (laughs) I have a sense that it won't be your problem since you are a certified financial planner. (laughs) Oh, gosh. But I guess what we're we're bringing this topic up, this is going to be an interesting one, but people get big windfalls of money, whether Mm -hmm. it be winning the lottery or... Um, finding out they have something that's super valuable and then they can sell it, um, you know, other inheritance, inheritance other yeah. things. There's lots of stuff that can happen where all of a sudden you find yourself um, with access to a lot more money than you've ever experienced before. That seems like it'd be a really great thing and it can be, but there's also a lot of hidden things that come up that can cause this to not be fun either. So uh, we want to bring some of these to your attention in case this ever happens to you. Um, there's ways to avoid some of these pitfalls, but then there's some things that are going to come your way and you can't help it. But knowing that that could happen might save you some headache in the future. You know, I think professional athletes also fall into this mm-hmm. whole type of topic because we hear all the time about professional athletes that made millions and millions and millions of dollars and now they're like broke on the street. And it's super common. It's There's actually whole Netflix shows and series all about that topic. <laughs> and it's just you you just watch and it's, you can't look away. It's one of those situations. So I think we could create a whole financial planning program around just professional athletes and like how not to be crazy stupid with your money. Oh, my brain's already <laughs> been rolling on that one for a few years, Mary. <laughs> but so, let's, let's dig into this. So um, what's the most common thing you think that happens, Mary? I think that the most common thing that happens is that people who have windfall money have absolutely no idea of the depth of it that they are going to lose to taxes. And Mm -hmm. so they spend way more than they realize they should because they don't understand how much tax money is actually going to be owed. Mm -hmm. You know, I um, have heard of situations, too, where, like, people got giant stock options handed out or they had inheritances come to them and things like that. And they spent some of that money before the end of the year and realized what the tax implications were. And they had to go back and sell, like, properties that they had bought in order to just cover the taxes on the money that they received. Absolutely. Or they got a big windfall of of both cash and non-liquid assets yep. and then having to liquidate some of those um, assets that they maybe didn't want to to cover expenses and things that came up from in, in um, receiving that money. You know, the lottery gives you the option of do you want to take it all in cash in a lump sum or do you want to take an annuity payment, like a payment for your lifetime? And then like you just have to kind of keep going through this. Well, if I take it in a lump sum or even if I take it in an annuity, then of what I'm going to have left that is after income taxes is a much smaller amount, right? And that's going to happen the same with inheritances or professional athlete salaries or things like that. Um, but the the other gotcha that's out there has to do with gift taxes. And this is another big thing that people have no idea that it works like this, okay? So picture yourself winning the lottery and If I won the lottery, I think one of the first things I'd want to do is think about like, well, I want to give a bunch of it to my kids, 
right? We all want to like help the people we love or give some of it away. But Kelsey, how much can you give away before you have a special fun little tax come into play? The annual gift tax limit of $15,000. Yes. And that just recently went up from 14000 up to the $15,000 number. <laughs> but that doesn't help you out if you're giving away millions. So, <laughs> Yeah. And so what's interesting about that is people think, oh, I can buy a house for my kids or I can give my kids a few hundred thousand dollars or whatever if they um, win the lottery. And, you know, great for the kids. That's fantastic. But what the people don't understand is if you just start handing out large sums of money, then at the end of the year, you're technically supposed to file a gift tax return. And the person who gives the money away has to be the person that pays the taxes on it. So now there are some rules that you can eat into what's called an estate tax exclusion, and everybody has one of those. But if you've just won millions upon millions upon millions of dollars in a lottery or you had a massive inheritance come your way, you're not thinking about those kind of taxes. <laughs> For sure not. No, no. So let's let's hop into another one, though. Um, when you get a lot of money, all of a sudden there's a lot of hands open. Wanting to get some money from you. And though most people have a lot of intent to share the wealth, you know, not everybody, but a lot of people do, it can get really difficult to manage that and maintain good relationships with people that aren't just based on the money that you have in your bank account. Right. So, I, you know, that's kind of a tough one, um, but that will come your way. And and sometimes it's not even just people you're close with, but it's people you have no idea who they are. Yeah, they All of a sudden want to sue you for things or claim that you didn't pay them for things. I mean, people, when they see that you have money that you have access to, there's going to be both people with good intentions and people with bad intentions trying to come after you with additional um pay in mind. So here's, um, I want to tell you a little story about someone who um, had a windfall because he found something valuable that he owned. So he had this blanket that had kind of passed down in his family for years. And he didn't really ever realize it was anything special. But it ended up being a blanket that had a significant value to it because of the history of the material and, and who it would have come from originally. And so he ended up selling it and got $1.3 million after the fees from the seller, right? So now that's by no means the same as winning a lottery where you get $500 million. But still, for most people, getting $1.3 million for a blanket that they've had sitting around is a pretty big windfall, right? So first of all, he had this $1.3 million. And then all of his children started hounding him for money and wanting to get money from him. And he said um, in the article that he got calls from distant relatives asking for a cut. And he had so many people come out of the woodwork to talk to him about it that he started having anxiety attacks. And he actually checked into a hotel for a week just to avoid the phone from people who knew that this had happened. And this is on a small scale, right? Just a $1.3 million blanket. But the most fascinating part to me was that his sister even threatened to sue him for a portion of it because it was a family blanket. 
He's just the one that happened to have it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing what kind of family drama can be created when people win money, the lottery, inheritance, whatever. There's family drama connected to money for sure. Yes. And here's the thing is anybody can sue you for any reason. That doesn't mean they'll win. But I would anticipate if you won a lot of money or if you came across a big uh, sum of money that you better expect to have some legal expenses defending your position on things. Um, you might be completely in the right, but that doesn't mean you don't have to go defend yourself for it. So. Exactly. So if you win the lottery, if you're fortunate enough to win the lottery or you come into a big windfall amount of money, absolutely the best advice that we can give you is do not tell anybody about it right away. The first thing you should do is set up a meeting with an attorney, a CPA, and your financial planner to put a strategy into place to make sure you understand all of your tax implications and to make sure that you protect yourself legally and financially from all of this craziness that's going to start to happen in your life when people find out that you actually did win a lottery. This is awesome advice. And I, I can speak from experience on this and working with um, some people where this has happened. And uh, I was thankful they came to me right away instead of waiting till after they had made a bunch <laughs> of decisions that would have been hard to undo. Um, but there's so much that can be done to strategize and to really set a plan in motion that aligns with your goals and your future plan. But you need to do that right away and get, get some good advice in the very beginning. Welcome back to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. And today we're talking about why do lottery winners go broke? It's kind of a fascinating topic. And we've been talking about how when you get a lot of money unexpectedly, one of the first things that you don't realize is exactly how much is going to go back out the door to the tax man, both for income taxes and the gift taxes if you start giving a lot of it away. And we also talked about family drama and then lawsuits coming out of left field that are going to start to drain your pockets. But what we're going to talk about now is what we start to see becoming a problem maybe a couple of years down the road after someone wins a lottery or has a windfall of money. And that is that people don't give thought to the fact that if they win the lottery or if they have a windfall, they might quit their job. And so now they don't have a lot of income coming in, but they use their lottery winnings to buy things that are very expensive to upkeep. So Kelsey, give us some examples of things that somebody would buy or that we've seen people buy that all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait, I don't have the money to take care of this any longer. Well, the person you're talking about with the blanket, that was a national story. And uh, he said he bought two or three different homes in two or three different states. And right there, I can tell you, you've got now two or three different homes, property taxes, mm -hmm. property insurance, upkeep and maintenance, three times as many, uh, you know, appliances to keep. I mean, like just this is a massive trickle down. Plus now you're um, you have taxable events in three different states that is going to add complications to things. So it's not that that was a bad decision, but it is a bad decision if you can't pay for those things ongoing. So that's a, an initial house purchase. But then you have annual, sometimes monthly expenses that are incurred from each of those properties going forward. So think about that before you, you know, run out and buy something is just make sure you're prepared for all the stuff that comes after that. 
you know, another thing is um, if you if you want to buy a lot of toys, a lot of vehicles, um, the, the expenses attached yeah, to vehicles absolutely. and the taxes and the insurance. The storage. Yep. The st- all yep. of that. Super expensive. <laughs> so just thinking about the whole picture. It's not just the price tag. It's the whole picture of what you have to pay for and being prepared for that. Um, and you might have enough in your in your windfall that you can pay for it out of those expenses. But when you're factoring in what you need to take out of it for your regular income, your income need just increase significantly because of the things that you've purchased. Right. So one of the pieces of advice that we can give to people who have had a large windfall, if you have had a windfall experience that gives you enough money where you think you can quit your job, which is awesome if you think that you can, then back to that whole meet with your attorney, CPA, and financial planner. When you've quit your job, that means that out of that windfall, you're going to want to set aside enough money in a specific area or in specific financial vehicles that are going to create an income stream for you for the rest of your life. So what a lot of people have, what a lot of people do that is mismanagement of the money is they think, oh, I've got so much money, I can just spend a lot of it and buy all these things and I'm still going to have plenty just to live on day to day. And they don't segregate the money and say, this is going to be for my income. It's going to replace my income for the rest of the life. And then this over here is the money that I can use to go have fun and buy things with. So segregating the purpose of your money can be a huge piece of um, benefit for people who have won a lottery or have a big inheritance or something like that. Absolutely. And then in the, in the same sense, in the gifting side of things, if you're wanting to gift to charities or gift to people, you know, you might think it's really great to just give it all to them up front. There's strategy that can be supported to spreading that out over time. Absolutely. Um, and so... Whether your plan is to spend a lot of it on fun stuff for yourself or if it's to spend a lot of it on other people or it's some combination of those, the financial planning and the forecasting that can be done to help show you what that all looks like can be very, very helpful in making sure you don't mess up your finances, but also don't blow up somebody else's finances because you, you did something you thought was really great, but <laughs> maybe wasn't so much. You know, one of the other things that happens when people win a lottery or have a windfall is that people want to take loans from them. They mm-hmm. sort of start to get viewed like they're a bank. Yes. <laughs> and you probably aren't really equipped to give out loans unless you have some planning involved in that, right? So if you're going to give somebody a loan, then you have to figure out what the actual interest rate should be. And there has to be a document to make it a real loan so you don't get all of a sudden caught in that gift tax trap or something like that. And there should be something in place that says, you know, if this person defaults on their loan, what are you going to do? Right. So if you're going to start giving out loans to every Tom, Dick and Harry that starts to ask for them, which they will start to ask for them. That's very common when you have windfall experiences. Then preparing yourself in advance for how it's going to work if someone asks for a loan is really important. You know, and that wouldn't be something very difficult to think through with your attorney and CPA and financial planner to work with them as a team to say, if I'm going to give a loan to somebody, here's the parameters and have documentation of how you're going to do that. So thinking about an advance so you're not caught off guard when you get asked is going to be something I think that's important. It is. And then just on on a personal note with that, 
if it's somebody that you uh, have a very close relationship with, so a child or a family member, sibling, whoever, I was told this advice one time and I've always kept it in mind. If you're going to loan money to someone you love, be prepared to never get that money back. <laughs> even right. even if you do have all the, the legal documents in place, are you really going to take your loved one to court over this loan? Some people say yes. Some people say no. But never loan out money that you can't afford to not get back because it might end up being that case. So let's go back to that whole gift tax um, piece of it, right? So you can give $15,000 to anybody that you want to. But if you're not going to require a loan to be repaid, or if you're going to forgive a loan, it's the same as giving them a gift. So if you're going to loan money to somebody, and then really you don't have an intention or an expectation of it to come back, you might want to try to structure the repayment to be within that limit. So every year that they don't pay you back, you can write it off as say, well, that was just a gift. I'm not going to expect it back. But you're not going to then turn around and have a tax implication yourself because they didn't pay back their loan. And that's like a loop that has to close on the whole documentation side of it um, and the tax side of it that people have no idea really needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So, so just keep that in mind. You know, that's it's going to complicate some family relationships potentially. <laughs> For sure. I, I mean, it just you see it and it happens and, and it is what it is. So but. Here's another thing that people struggle with is they they don't necessarily want to give money out to certain people or to certain organizations or they don't want to give as much or don't want to give now, but they don't feel comfortable saying no or they they just feel really guilty. Like I, I was very fortunate in receiving this and I need to pass that fortune on. Having a plan and working with those professionals we talked about in the beginning gives you a team and you have an answer to say, I will talk with my team about this and see how it fits in my plan. Um, there was a, a couple in the state of Iowa that that received a very large payout from a, a lottery win. And they it's interesting. Um, my sister lived in the town that they lived in. And she would fill me in on how they were spending their money. But they had <laughs> this really cool plan in place. And they had kind of a three-tier system. They wanted to help their family. They wanted to help charities. And they wanted to help their community. And so everything that they did fell into one of those one of those goals and so it helped them have a real clear purpose with this money and gave them the the uh, confidence to say yes to certain things but also say no to certain things that didn't align with those goals I love that. That's a fantastic way to do it. All right. So we want to spend the last bit of our time talking about something that is a strategy that anybody can apply if you have windfall money. So this is something that's more commonly used when you have an inheritance of some type, or let's say that you got a big bonus or you had a big tax return. So kind of bringing it back down to the average American, if you have money that's unexpected that's coming in, not necessarily from a lottery win, but if you have other money that's come in, there's something that we call the rule of thirds that is a fabulous way for you to think about handling the money that just came in in a windfall. So the rule of thirds means this. After you have figured out how much you get to keep, so after you figured out what your taxes are on it, then taking that money and splitting it into thirds works like this. One third of it is getting set aside for retirement, One third of it is going to go to pay down any debt that you have. And the other third of it 
is your fun money. That's the third that you just get to go do something fun with. You get to take a trip with. You get to buy something crazy with. You just get to have fun with it. That's your now fun money. But if you approach it like that, then it's really being financially responsible because you're you're actually doing things in your life that are going to move you forward. You're going to improve your retirement. You're going to improve your debt situation. You're going to have some fun now. And you do have to balance today with tomorrow. I think that's fundamentally important. Oh, yeah. We say this all the time. You can't just constantly plan and live for tomorrow and, and never have fun today. But you also can't do the opposite and right. only, play, only have fun today and think, you know, I'm never going to get to the future because it's statistically likely that you will. So you have to find a balance between those two things. And this is a great system for managing um, any money that comes in and, and making sure that you are living some today, but also putting some aside and, and helping your future self. So this can apply to bonuses that you get, large tax refunds. If you sell something uh, for a large profit, applying that to this um, this concept. I mean, the sky's the limit on where you can, can fill this in, but it's a really effective uh, way of handling money that comes in. I think the biggest question I get about the rule of the thirds is, well, shouldn't I just pay off my mortgage first? And then do that. And, you know, everybody's situation is going to be a little bit different. And maybe the answer is yes to that and maybe it's not. But looking at what your interest rate is versus, you know, what you might be otherwise doing with that money is something that you have to evaluate. But if you for sure at least take a third and are applying it towards debt reduction of some type, you're absolutely moving yourself into a better position overall financially than you were before you had this windfall event happen. So that's our advice. Rule of thirds. One third to retirement, one third to pay down debt, and one third to just go have a darn good time with. (laughs) All right. Well, that is what we have to say about today about why lottery winners go broke. And we hope you've had a good time listening to Money Guide with Mary Stirk. Views expressed are not necessarily the opinion of your audio provider and should not be construed directly or indirectly as an offer to buy or sell any securities or services mentioned herein. Investing is subject to risks, including loss of principal invested. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. No strategy can assure a profit nor protect against loss. Please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should only be relied upon when coordinated with individual professional advice. Securities and investment advisory services are offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Insurance offered through Sterk Financial Services, which is not affiliated with Woodbury Financial. Sterk Financial Services is located at 350 Oak Tree Lane, Suite 150, Dakota Dune, South Dakota 57049, and can be reached at 605-217-3555.